Hello, welcome back to the True Pit Season 3. Holy fuck. As if 2020 couldn't get wild enough, um, I decided to bring this shit back. Um, if you're a new listener, basically, my name's Harvey. Um, I play in a band called Ruiner and uh, amongst other fucking musical adventures. Um, and I've got a lot of friends <laughs> uh, that play music um, and I like chatting to them. Uh, and today's guest is like literally one of my closest mates. Um, it's Ross King of uh, melodic death metal band Countless Skies. Although their new album probably indicates that the <laughs> melodic death metal might be a bit niche for them. Um, but uh, yeah, so we're going to chat today um, about the new album Glow that is out now everywhere via Willow Tip Records. Um, and you know everything that surrounds that my experience with those guys when I filled in on drums for them uh, back in 2017 which is almost four years ago which blows my fucking mind um, so yeah um, without further ado um, here we go Ross King of Countless Guys Hey, welcome back to season three of the True Pit podcast. I am joined with my good friend and all round just lovely gentleman, Mr. Ross King from Countless Skies. How are you doing, mate? I'm doing well, thanks, mate. How about you? Yeah, good. Good. It's really good. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I miss you, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we miss you too, man. Oh, man. It's, it's, it feels so weird, man. We used to do like, what, pints every every month or something just to catch up with each other. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and the odd barbecue as well. And the odd barbecue. That was the last time I saw you, wasn't it? At yours? Yeah, I think so. Good old chinwag <laughs> with the with the gang. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good times. But um since then you've um you've done a little bit of uh releasing the old uh, music then, haven't you? We have. We've been busy. <laughs> oh, I bet you have, mate. <laughs> Being busy, mate. I'm very busy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that will never fucking get old. <laughs> There'll be some people listening to that, like, what the fuck are they talking about? And there'll be like a very niche group of people just like, oh, I know what they mean. <laughs> <laughs> uh, doesn't help with like the Auntie Donna series being out. Like, Australian humour is fully fucking flowing right now. Yeah, definitely. What did you, what did you make of that? I loved it. I saved it though. Like I know a lot of people binge watched it in like in one night, but I I sort of stretched it out over the course of a week. And uh, Christ, yeah, some of that show is the most insane stuff they've ever done. <laughs> it's fucking mad. Yeah, <laughs> I really liked it because I had no idea what who they were until you showed me the um the Christmas pud sketch. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> And even then, I was like, "What the fuck is this?" But now I just uh, I showed it to my housemates when I moved in with them, and every now, like, if someone's having any pud, I'm just they start referencing it, and I'm just oh, so proud, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think um, a couple of my mates from Norwich showed them the salami sketch. I've actually seen that one. Yeah, with and, um, uh, with the dad. They, right? they were they watched like it was it's like two minutes long or something, and they were like. Uh, a minute 30 into it just like what the fuck are we watching somebody kill me and then like it got to like the sort of punchline sort of bit and, and then they were like cracking up and, and now they love it but they, they only seem to know them as like the, the people who did that salami sketch so like I got a, me- a message from my mate who was like oh mate have you seen this thing on Netflix it's those guys who did that salami thing I'm like yeah <laughs> yeah I know I don't know I saw them live in London I've been following them for years <laughs> they, do, they do other things than salami sketch but you know what it's a great sketch though 
That's a fucking I great sketch, man. I hadn't seen it until the other day, but I didn't realise you went and saw them in London. What the fuck? That's awesome. Yeah, saw them live, man. Ah, oh, that would have <laughs> been good. It was so good. That's when I first saw the uh, Everything's a Drum song. That's oh, shit. They did it at that live show. <laughs> I was in tears, mate. I was in tears. It's like, I left my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Quiet now, brother Mark. <laughs> it fucking kills me, dude. Oh man, that one's a good one. I really enjoy like the, the Ellen show one. Like I think I'd yeah. seen it subconsciously like years ago from their like live performance that was like put on YouTube and stuff, but I didn't realise yeah. it was them until until now. But yeah, it cracks me up, man. But yeah, anyway, yeah. Auntie Donna's cool. Auntie Donna's cool, but I'll tell you what's fucking cooler, Ross. Guess what's cooler than Auntie Donna? I don't know. It's the sophomore full length album by Melodic Death Metal slash Prog slash Devin Townsend band. <laughs> Count the Skies. I didn't realise Devin Townsend was a genre now. Devin Townsend has always been a genre. He's never been an artist. He's just been a genre. Like, like tell me. Tell me what genre Devi is, right? Tell me. He's, uh, what is this? Like, um, uh, mediocre, middle-class prog metal or something like that <laughs> <laughs> middle class prog metal brilliant okay well we'll go we'll go with that but um yeah like that was the thing that really poked out towards the end of the album for me like glow i don't know if i've mentioned that yet the album is called glow by countless skies it's available <laughs> everywhere now via willow tip records um done my disclaimer now um but yeah <laughs> Like, I think it's on part three or something, Phil's part, where I was like, fuck. Like, that's, like, a real obvious but, like, really tastefully done Devin part, you know? Which bit is that? Oh, it's like the down to the... That bit, like... Right at the end? Yeah, like, right at the end. Yeah. It was... It was... Caught me off guard, but I was like, fuck, that's awesome. The the cool thing uh, this time around was that we kind of let Phil... Um, come up with his own vocal patterns a lot of the time. We just sort of left him to it because we knew that he would know much better than we would. And uh, that was one of his. And when, when he first did it, I, I distinctly remember this because I was in the... Um, I came round late, so I'd missed them. Uh, Pratt and Phil were working together, finishing off this very last bit of, of Glow. And uh, Phil was like, right, we're going to do this, and this is my vocal bit. And I was like, no, I hate it. No, we can't use it. <laughs> I don't want it. <laughs> and he was like, no, give it a chance. And then uh, I was like, no, it sounds like... Because Raw, like without being put into the music properly it sounded a bit almost like carnival kind of like it sounded okay. weird i don't know like circusy almost and um and then when i actually heard it um over the music properly i was like okay no no this sounds great like no i, I really like it now and it's really grown on me but like yeah i guess i guess um once you put it to properly to metal it actually does kind of yeah it does kind of sound quite devin townsendy i guess yeah, I mean, it def- definitely stuck out for me, um, personally, but, like, you know, with all the other influences involved, but, like, I mean, you've, you've probably read the review I did for, for Glow, for the magazine I for, um, but, like, there was parts of it that were genuinely, like, not shocking in a bad way, but it was, like, that's, like, really, really good. And, like, I guess it's because... Like, I know you guys as, like, mates. And then, like, when you hear an album that's, like, this good, it's it's almost got that kind of extra shock factor that other people might not get, you know? It's like, fuck, they did this? Like, that's insane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's insane. 
Like, especially, yeah. yeah, during that, like, glow part one, two, and three was where it really, like, went to another, like, level for me, personally. Yeah, I mean, we, we decided we'd, we'd do things a little bit differently this time, and we would, I don't know, I, I was worried that people might have been used to a certain sound from the, from the last album, yeah. and then hearing these new influences and, and the kind of the different things we did this time, however subtle they might be, I was worried that people might not you know, take to it, but it seems like people are enjoying it, which is good. Yeah, absolutely. Especially uh, doing a 20-minute song. <laughs> it's yeah. a bit of a, a risky thing to do in 2020, I think, when uh, most songs are like three minutes long. Yeah, I mean, I remember when, I mean, even when I was working with you guys back in 2017, you were talking about this 20-minute song, right? You, you, were, you, were, you had it in your heads, all, all four of you, wherever it originated from, you were like, we're going to do this 20-minute song. And I was like, oh, it's, I don't think that's a great idea. But, you know, the fact that you split it up into three parts, I think definitely helps. Um, yeah. Well, Pratt sure. wanted to release it as one long 20-minute song. Like, he wanted to put it up on Spotify. Like, I mean, Dream Theater can probably get away with something like that. Devin Townsend can, as, as we've seen. But, like, I don't think that we would have done very well if we'd have just stuck it up as one song because, I don't know, like, if you don't know the band and you've got quite a daunting 20-minute runtime of a song there, you're probably less inclined to sort of... But, I mean, and also, like, um, I was thinking about things like daily mixes, you know, and, like, radio and stuff like that. I think if you break the song up a bit... Uh, and you do it well, you know, you have to do it right, um, then it, it'll get a lot more sort of streams, a lot more uh, listens. So, yeah, but me and Pratt had quite a heated debate about it. <laughs> I remember we were on the way to London uh, to go watch a gig somewhere, and, uh, yeah, like for 30 minutes we were, like, having, yeah, quite a heated debate about it because he was very adamant to keep it as, like, one long song. He wanted to keep his artistic integrity, and I was like, look, you can have one entire song on the CD and the vinyl versions, you know. No one's saying that it has to be like noticeably broken up but um streaming i think you know i think we'd be shooting ourselves in the foot if we we put it out as you know one entire long song rather than breaking it up a bit i think you definitely made the fucking right decision there so pratt if you're listening to this you were fucking wrong um <laughs> but, <laughs> but in, in in hindsight like i can see how like pleasing that would be to see like you know the 20 minute mark and stuff but i think especially since it's like an album like I look at like bands like Death Heaven like they did an album called New Bermuda and like all the songs were like over 10 minutes long and it was like you know it's like five tracks like I think there's something to be said about like streaming culture and like seeing five tracks and seeing that it just seems like you're going to go into it with the perception of like this is going to be effort to listen to whereas like when it's like you know at the five minute mark or something I think was it is it part two that's like the shortest one yeah, it's one of the shortest songs on the album, actually. Yeah, and it's and it, but it fits, you know, it fits. And then the other ones don't seem as long because of it. I think it's well. Yeah, done. I think that the part one and three are the more proggy parts, and then the middle part is kind of the more punchier, sort of lively bit. Um, yeah. Which is the one with the um, <clears throat> breakdown? <laughs> the breakdown. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I'm not sure which bit you're referencing. Oh fuck off! You know exactly which bit I'm referencing. <laughs> you know that you got that fucking stompy. You know, hitting the piss out of the drums. Yeah, Come I on. think that's the bit with the feel. The, the vocal bit you're on about with Phil. No, mate. No. Oh no! It's before that bit. It's before that bit. 
Okay. Well, that, I mean, that's part three. But that's part three. I don't know. Maybe that's what you're referencing. <laughs> that's definitely what he's, he's... To the listeners, he's playing coy. He knows exactly what a breakdown is. Ross is the biggest metalcore fan going. He knows exactly <laughs> what... <laughs> <laughs> mm. <laughs> Debatable. <laughs> no, but it's... Uh, I mean, it just adds to the, the, the variation of this album, man. It's just fucking phenomenal. And I don't mean that as just like a mate. I just mean... Like, you know, I just feel like I've just, ever since it's come out, I've just been sucking you four off just for like, you know, even if it is for a solid 20 minutes, I can break up into three parts if you like, but you know, it's, it's fucking nuts. It's so good. Awesome, man. <laughs> yeah, cool, man. Yeah. Um, that's uh, ne- next question, right? <laughs> so with Glow, you've mentioned a couple of times before that it's like this time around, like what are the... Like the biggest differences in recording when you recorded New Dawn to Glow. Like, what were the big changes? Oh, okay. So, with New Dawn, we went to an actual recording studio and we stayed there for about eight days or so. Um, and we worked with an engineer in a, in his studio, and uh, we we basically I, w- I wouldn't say that we rushed it, but we didn't have anywhere near as much time as we had this time. Um, so the takes were, weren't quite as tight and that's on us really for not practicing enough. Mm. But, um, yeah, it just, it kind of changed, changed the sort of overall sound of the album because it was less out. It was, wasn't as in our hands as it was this time. Uh, because this time what we did was, um, we were going to go back to the same guy, but unfortunately, um, he wasn't available. Um, he had some, some issues, some, something going on. So he wasn't available. Um, so we got the money refunded to us and, uh, we thought, well, we could either go and find a different, um, studio, take a chance on, on someone else, or we could take this money and put it into, uh, reinvest it into the band and, and uh, what we did was um, James ended up buying um, uh, some quite high-end audio equipment for his home studio that he's, he's been building um, and yeah we decided you know what let's, let's, uh, let's just do it ourselves to see see what we can what we can do uh, we spoke to Yuho who was the guy who mixed and mastered both our first album and this one uh, for advice and he sort of guided James on on certain things that he wasn't sure about but for the most part yeah we recorded all the guitars the bass um, recorded all the vocals all in James's home studio um, and it meant that we could spend as much time as we needed to get everything sounding up to the standard that we wanted it to uh, which was a blessing and a curse because rather than taking eight days it ended up taking us about 13 months <laughs> but I mean like we were doing you know there were different things going on in our lives and um, there were quite large breaks in between some parts of the recording just just due to time constraints and, and other things getting in the way um, but ultimately I think that it was worth it was worth it entirely because uh, I think that the production on this new album is miles ahead of the last one and uh, I think Yuho did an exceptional job of uh, taking what we've done and like he, he reamped the guitars and you know just um mixed it and mastered it and made it sound really big um yeah i'm I'm really pleased with with what we ended up coming out with yeah that's 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 fantastic um it's really nice to like hear the, the kind of like the taking the time parts of it i think you know for a record like this you needed to take your time really um and it it sounds that way which is which is great i didn't realize you had done the entirety of the mixing and the mastering yeah yeah um he did last time as well 
Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So you just recorded it with some guy before. I think I remember you guys, like, I think you were sleeping in bunk beds or something in the first studio. <laughs> no, that would have been uh, preferable, to be honest. No, we were sleeping on airbeds. Ah. Um, <laughs> basically, so there's a guy called Danny Biggin, and he runs a studio in Ipswich called HVR Studios. He also does front of house for Cradle of Filth, so he goes on tour, like, all over the world with them, which is pretty cool. Um, but anyway, he recorded uh, us in his studio, and... Um, he offered us accommodation whilst we were there, but basically it was like proper budget stuff because it was, um, the studio is based on, uh, like an industrial part. I don't know. It's more like, um, some like sheds and, uh, I don't know, like barns, converted barns almost, um, on, on like farmland. And, um, he's got his studio set up there, which is all, you know, properly done and everything. But then there was... It was like an aquarium or something. I don't know what the hell it was. Like a fish fish farm. I don't know what it was. They had they had all these like um, aquariums in this room, and they gutted the whole thing. So it was just an empty room. All the plugs were up on the ceiling though, like right right up um, near the ceiling, which is something I distinctly remember um, because we're trying to charge our phones, and, and we're like hanging our phones down the wall because <laughs> the plugs are up and near the ceiling. But yeah, um, it was just this empty room, and we just took airbeds and slept in there and turned it into our little like squat and <laughs> we had a, like a camping table in the middle where we were playing board games in the evening and stuff it was it was awesome it was it was kind of like luxury camping yeah or it's like, like, a, hotel ever, but, like you know. a camp you go to when you're a kid but you're making a death metal album <laughs> yeah it was like a sleepover it really was and um we had our own little kitchenette area as well with a fridge and stuff like we were cooking our own little meals and it was great yeah it was really good fun that's that's fucking sick. I mean, that that's good that like you had that experience with the first album, and you look back on it, and you kind of go, okay, this was like fun, but we knew we can't do that again. Like, yeah. I mean, I kind of miss that element of it all, to be honest, because it was it was really good. Like, it was just nice, like band bonding, you know, like just spending that much time with each other, and um, yeah, it was just it was really good fun. We didn't we didn't really get that this time round. The closest we got was when we recorded the drums for Nathan. Yeah. So we went to Audio Beach in Brighton, uh, and Nathan and Pratt went down earlier uh, to for the first two days, um, and then me and Phil joined them for the last two days of it, and uh, we stayed in a hostel. Um, and I mean, I don't know we'll do that again, especially the other two, Nathan and Pratt, when they were there. There was some uh, not not so great other guests in in the hostel with them, like because it was like a shared dorm, like keeping them awake, and they just hated it. So I don't think we'll do that again. It wasn't quite it wasn't quite the same as the private sort of sleepover experience we had at the other studio. That's fucking great, mate. I love how nice you are as well. They were uh, not so great. Yeah, <laughs> they were cunts. You can say it. <laughs> <laughs> I think a fight almost broke out between some of them as well. Thankfully, me and Phil missed all of this. We we stayed there like one night and, and we were pretty drunk. So we just like slept through the whole thing. <laughs> Brilliant. I reckon, I reckon like Pratt's the sort of guy, I keep saying Pratt, by the way, that's referring to James Pratt. I never call him James. It's Pratt. Um, but Ross knows this, just talking to the listener. Um, <laughs> but I feel like Pratt's definitely the sort of guy, maybe after a couple of pints, that if he sees a fight break out, he kind of wants to join in. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, oh, I've got nothing on tomorrow, fuck it, you know? (laughs) I don't know, I think he's more of a mediator. I think he would probably try and break it up at the very most. Uh, Well, I I think that's where we we differ, but I think 
when I was with you guys in 2017 um, and I was uh, f- filling in on drums, there was something about my youthful presence that brought out a side to Pratt that I hadn't seen before. <laughs> <laughs> Which sounds a bit dodgy out of context. However, <laughs> however, there was some shit where I was just like, you're fucking weird, but I love it. <laughs> like, yeah. you know? I mean, that's the thing about Pratt, is that people don't seem to, to really catch on at first. He hides it well. But once you get to know him, he is definitely the strangest one out of all of us. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's a lot of strange to compete with. Do you know? <laughs> oh, man, I fucking love that guy. He li- literally cracks me up. Like, some of, the, some of the shit that was, like, said and done in, like, in, in the time I was there... Um, for a bit of context, did you want to just tell the listener what I did with you guys back in 2017 so I don't over-glorify it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Nathan was in, um, in the best of health uh, back then, so he took a little break to rest his wrists and uh, other things. Um, so we needed someone to fill in for a few shows, and we, um, well, we asked around and no one was free, so we ended up with Harvey. No, <laughs> 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 no nah, you were you, one man. of our first, first choices for sure, like... Um, yeah, like we were really impressed with uh, what you were doing in the Basilisk, and considering you were so young as well. Like, yeah, it was really impressive. We, yeah, we, we were really happy to have you on board, and yeah, we dragged you all the way in a bus all the way to Germany. I don't think you even knew what the hell you got yourself in for when you got on that bus. <laughs> Not fucking <laughs> but, really, no. <laughs> <laughs> dragged you to a, a black and folk metal festival in in the heart of Germany. Um, not your usual scene, I don't think. But uh, I don't know. It seems like you had fun. It was so much fun and it opened up a totally new world to me. And if I don't think I'd done that, I would have probably stayed in that kind of, um, you know, the, the core element of things. Whereas like, you know, that, you know, sitting in the van, listening to like Old In Flames, uh, Insomnium and stuff that like totally brought out this other side to me. And I still like, I still to this day love this kind of music. Um, I call it like mountaintop metal because it's just so fucking epic, like all the time. <laughs> um but like you know some of the bands that met there like Wolfheart were really cool um but like being like 19 and this is like my first international like let's say tour or slash gig um and you were like oh yeah this is one of the guys we know and stuff like you know and you introduced me to this guy that's got like a face tattoo fucking (laughs) like seven foot tall (laughs) like oh yeah this is the singer of Wolfheart and I'm like Fuck me, I am scared. <laughs> like, yeah. it's scary. scary Do you remember uh, Yuho was there as well? Do you yeah, remember? yeah, I, I remember meeting Yuho. He was like a yeah. really pleasant guy. He's a really nice he's guy. Really, yeah, he's, he's quite um, reserved, I guess. That's what the way I'd put it. Yeah, yeah. He's a nice guy. Yeah, super nice guy. But, um, it was, I guess that was kind of weird for you guys because you hadn't met him before, yet you'd like <laughs> he'd worked on your album with you. <laughs> I, I'd met him before. Oh, I met him before we even worked with him, although I didn't realise at the time. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Very briefly. Kind of awkward, just like, hey, what's your name? We've met before. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's your name? Yu-Gi-Oh? Oh, no, no, Yu-Ho. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he was a super nice guy. Um, I think that, that week was patchy for me because like, I wasn't drinking for the majority of the weekend par one night where I kind of binged it a bit and I got a bit dangerously drunk. (laughs) One of my favourite memories from that festival was me and you walking along that, like, market area. 
There's not many, there's like eight stools or something, but we got to the end and we started chatting to this guy. Uh, do you remember this? Um, it turns out that the guy was there with his dad and his dad was like a massive like Liverpool football club supporter or something. And um, so they were like really interested in us because we were English. And then we started talking about accents, like regional dialects and stuff. Yeah, yeah, And, I then, and then me and you stood there for like an hour doing every single accent <laughs> in the UK that we could think of. <laughs> That was hilarious. Dude, I totally fucking forgot about that. I won't do any of them on, like, no. recorded audio, because, like, even even though they're English accents, it will sound racist. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> Somehow. But, yeah, I remember that. They were super fascinated in just our accent. and probably, it's, just, yeah. it's just good fun. It was, it was a lot of fun. I remember one guy that was running a merch stand, and he was selling a lot of merch, like, sort of bands I like, like Nuclear Blast bands and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think his name was Frank. Like, and he was just, like, super interested in me. And I was just like, are you interested in the band or me? I'm a bit I'm a bit worried, but, you know, you're giving me a discount on merch, so that's fine. But, uh, and then he added me on Facebook when I got back to the UK. And I'm like, how did... I didn't even give him my last name. Like, what? how did you so, find me? I guess you could say things are getting pretty serious then. Yeah, yeah, no, um, going steady since 2017. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> fuck it, man. But yeah, no, there are some super interesting people there. And obviously, Pratt now met his, um, his, his missus there, didn't he? Which was a total, like one of those like loopholes in life you know it's just like you play a gig in Germany like one gig in Germany and it's just like you find someone I think that was yeah it's crazy they've been been together ever since it's, it's amazing it's, it's it's really cool I mean that is yeah. almost four years ago man I'm absolutely baffled by how long ago that was yeah. like what the fuck <laughs> Yeah, I, I just love to do it again. I think you guys, um, what are you got any European festivals lined up? We've got Metal Days. Oh, fuck, Metal yeah, Days. that was supposed to be this year, wasn't it? Yeah, it's, it's next year now. It's still going ahead, though, as far as I'm aware. That's good. Awesome. Well, yeah, same, so same dates as before. If you want to jump in the van, you're always welcome. Oh, that is a fucking tempting offer. I think I might have to. <laughs> I think I might have to. Is it, in, is it May, right? No, it's in... Um, July, I think, end of July. July, fantastic, fantastic. So I'll finally be old enough to drink. No, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll be 23 then. That'll be awesome. Um, yeah, what I love doing with you guys, though, and, and the friend group I have with you guys is every time you're just like, oh, I remember when this album came out, and I'm just like, yeah, I wasn't even... I, I was like sperm. Like, <laughs> I wasn't even like... I wasn't on this planet. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's one of my favourite fucking things to do. I can't remember who said it the other day. It must have been something Kyle said or something. And I was just like, yeah, I was minus three when that came out. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it was that... Um, that Was was it the uh, At The Gates record? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Slaughter of the Soul, right? Slaughter of the Soul, yeah. And he was just like, oh, I was just like, yeah, I remember when I came, that came out. I was minus three. <laughs> <laughs> good times, good times. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like, some of the albums that we listened to a lot um, and that really influenced us growing up, you know, like, um, one of them, uh, so I think it was yesterday, was the birthday of The Gallery by Dark Tranquility. And that's, like, a big one for us, especially me and Pratt. We're big Dark Tranquility fans. Yeah. But um, when that album came out, we were five. 
So like, <laughs> we weren't listening to it when it came out. I don't remember that. You know, which have been would have been kind of strange if we did. But there so, you go. Have, have DT been going for? I didn't realise they were that old. Dark Tranquility started in like 1988 or something like the late, the late 80s. Oh, so like, hell. they've been going longer than me. Like, I, I'm the, the Dark Tranquility <laughs> is older than me. <laughs> you know, that's they're, they're crazy. Like our, some of our biggest heroes. Like Michael Starnay is like the most wholesome death metal vocalist ever. <laughs> Have you met him? Yeah, I've met him um, very, very briefly. But he's just like, we met him. Um, like this is the thing like um, we saw them play in the underworld in London and then afterwards they were like yeah we'll be around come find us and, and if you walk around the back street um, around behind the underworld their tour bus was there and they were just like hanging out outside chatting to people signing CDs they're so friendly honestly they're, they're the nicest people whenever you go and watch Dark and Quality play live Michael the singer he always gets down off the stage and just starts hugging people and stuff you know he's just <laughs> it's just crazy he's, he's amazing he's, he's honestly like one of my uh my Melodef idols, personally. And he's an incredible lyricist and also probably the inspiration for me, uh, for my vocal style as well. Like, it's, it's uh, quite similar to his, I'd, I'd say. I can, I can definitely hear that. I can definitely hear that. Like, I remember, I think the first time I heard Dark Tranquility was in 2010. Um, so just for some perspective, I was 12. Um, <laughs> um, I can't You'll always let... be 12 to me, Harvey. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> No matter what I do, I'll always be fucking 12 years old to all you guys. But um, I think it was Shadow in Our Blood. I think it might have been the first track off that oh, one. Great, great it's track. Got, we're the like, Yeah, and it's got like um like a sitar opening or something. I can't remember. It's got like a proper weird, like janky kind of thing. I was just like, this is really cool. But like, I mean, part of their latest album's artwork, which is a blatant fucking ripoff of Glow <laughs> by Count the Skies. Um, I think that's a very strange coincidence. Do you, do you reckon? I, I, I reckon they're fucking pikeys. You know, they're, they're, <laughs> that, was a, that was a very PC of me. I reckon Dark tra- Tranquility are travellers. All this fucking European shit is an absolute farce. They're, they're fucking, you know, <laughs> I'm going to stop there. Um, but yeah. Uh, I think we've, we've ripped off more from them than they've ripped off from us, that's for sure. Oh, so they're getting their revenge <laughs> back on you. Just like, you're going to nick our tunes, I'm going to nick your fucking artwork. <laughs> <laughs> Turf War started. <laughs> Turf War. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, no, that's um, that's interesting to hear. That's interesting to hear because I think a definite like comparison, and like this isn't me saying it. It's when I've been standing with you guys, and there's a, a fan that has come up to you that you haven't met before, and they go, "Yeah, I love Insomnia." <laughs> and you guys are like, "Yeah, we do too." <laughs> yeah. You know, I I just wait. I'm waiting for that Insomnium Count the Skies tour. I'm waiting for it. Yeah, because I know some of those guys are like they know you, don't they? They 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 they're aware of your band. Possibly, um, I don't know. I mean, I think the, their booking agent knows who we are, but I, I've never spoken to him or anything. I don't I don't know that they would have any plans on touring with us. You know, it's kind of like still a bit of a pipe dream now. But you never know. I mean, you never know what will happen. But um, I, I think one I mean, if, about if you're listening in Somnium. <laughs> We'd love to go on tour with you. <laughs> yeah. Insomnium, my only fan base. <laughs> okay, really close to my Take out the skies on tour with you, please. Uh, I've seen Marcus. He likes all your statuses. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I've been fucking... I went through my Instagram the other day because I realised that I had fucking a thousand something followers. And I'm like, I do not know a thousand people and I do not want a thousand four hundred people following me, like seeing my personal shit. 
And I went through it, and I'm like, fucking Leprous are following me, fucking Tesseract members are following me, and I'm just like, I've been posting some weird shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> maybe that's why they're following you. <laughs> maybe, maybe, but like, it's just like, check your follower list every now and then. You might be surprised who's following you. Yeah. Like, I mean, I've, one thing I noticed on the Instagram, um, on, on the Instagram, on the Instagram, is, uh, I was about to pick uh, up on it. <laughs> I beat you to it. Um, we've, I've seen a few uh, likes from Vola. So I don't know whether it's the uh, the band or if it's their, they've got like a social media manager or something, but uh, yeah, they seem to be to be following us and liking our posts. So I mean, it's pretty cool. Wasn't it in two thousand eight in a Bloodstock? You're on the you're on the same stage. Was it the same day together as well? It was Vola? Yeah. In when they were on the Sophie stage, I remember watching. Twenty nineteen. Twenty eighteen. Oh, no, oh, no, 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 tw- no, no, twenty nineteen. No, twenty nineteen. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, it was that year. When you guys played that year, Vola played as well. Mm, I think Vola played the year before. Are you sure? Oh, I might be getting yeah, that year. I think so. This is the problem with drinking at festivals. It's not like I don't remember like what I did five minutes ago. I'm just like, is the year 2016? <laughs> like, Mate, I've, I've been to like 14 Bloodstocks now. They all merge into one. Yeah. <laughs> is it always the same setup like every year? Like... Like with the, the, like the Sophie Ted being there, main stage being there. Oh no, it changed at one point. I mean, there was once a time back in the back in day, <laughs> back in the day uh, when <laughs> we said we wouldn't do accents. Um, <laughs> back in the day when uh, you were able to drive uh, your car straight up to the campsite and you could park and then put your tent up next to your car. That was amazing. Although we found out the hard way not to use an electric kettle that plugs into the car. Uh, cigarette lighter because we completely killed Pratt's battery <laughs> and you had to get jump started to leave but um, no for the most part it was awesome you know a very European way of doing things I think you can still do that over in like Germany and the European festivals but um, yeah it used to be that there was uh, so the main stage was like the other side of the field so if you flip it around it was facing like the, it's kind of more where the Sophie tent is and the welfare and all that stuff that's where the main stage used to be and then uh the new blood tent was way smaller it was like a marquee the size of like the merch area basically Um, like like the it was really small and i saw a few of my friends bands play it yeah the new blood stage before it was the jaegers before it was sponsored by uh hobgoblin sorry Hobgoblin. no no, but like was it was it it the the size of the jaeger tent before sorry i didn't mean the jaeger i meant the um new blood hobgoblin stage that was um, just the new blood tent, and that was uh, tiny. And I saw a few bands, a few of my friends' bands play there. Hex, um, who are from Bedfordshire. Yeah. I saw Stone Circle play there, who are from Brighton. Yeah, it was it was just this tiny little little stage, and that was it, you know. And then you had some shops. You used to have a lot of uh, legal high tents, <laughs> which uh, one year they just all disappeared at the same time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I remember that year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and uh, yeah, it was just, it was a lot smaller, you know, like, I think you get like 18,000 people there now. Um, but back then it was more like 8,000 people, you know, it was, it was tiny. Fuck, man. I mean, I remember like, what you just mentioned Hex, right? Yeah. That was the band that Keith put, Keith, shout out to fucking Keith Pickard, who probably doesn't have any social media accounts apart from Facebook. But Keith Keith at Bedford Alternative Music, even though I think he's called it called it a day now. If it weren't for Keith, you and me would know each other, Ross. 
No, we wouldn't. Well, maybe but, I mean, we might if it wasn't have bumped Keith, into we, each other. The skies wouldn't exist, probably. Or at least they wouldn't have gotten anywhere near um, where we ended up because Keith was the guy who put on Hate Spire, our original band name, band lineup there back in the day. It's, it's, it speaks for itself. Like the guy, the guy's he's he's such a a unique personality, and he, he is such an, a a fine wine and acquired taste. He is the most bitter IPA going. However, he's like I, I I make sure I message him every now and then because I think he's just the loveliest man when it comes to heavy music. But if he hadn't put the Basilisk, Count the Skies, and Hex on that lineup together that was the first time i met you guys and you guys were up for a chat i think we came to you because we needed to borrow something because we were like fucking 12 i think we were 12 (laughs) um that must have been 2013 2013 so i would have been 15 years old um and you guys helped us out i think you lent us like a, a cab or something um as it as it goes with support acts we need everything um but yeah that's when i met you guys because i think i'd listened to your ep um which is you know nothing in comparison to what your your doable like what your capability is now but like you know i i knew when i heard ethereal i was like this is gonna be this is gonna be a big song you know um and it's still today i think that will always be your like Big one. You know when bands do a debut album and then that's like the fan favourite? Like, if you don't play it, you fucking suck. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's definitely your one. I feel like Tempest is, is overtaken as area now, but... Do you think so? Um, definitely in streams and, like, popularity, I guess, but I know what you mean. Like, Ethereal is definitely going to be one of those songs that, you know, just will mean quite a lot to me, personally. Yeah. Just just from where, when we first started out, you know. Nice, nice. So, with Ethereal as a track, you, you mentioned it is is a quite personal thing to you. Is there anything you wanted to touch on there? Well, I mean, it's just um, it was like the first sort of proper Countless Skies song, really. Um, we'd done a few tracks as Hate Spire, but um, yeah, like when when it came around to actually writing an EP as Countless Skies, that was kind of like the flagship sort of song that was the one we put put the most into um yeah I, I don't know really i mean it's it's kind of it's um yeah it's it's just kind of uh quite a an emotional song i guess it's it's kind of about um it's about a guy who um really misses someone and is um sort of uh lord lured into the sea by a figure off in the distance um, and ends up drowning and dying, basically. That's, that's what the song's about. <laughs> but, I mean, okay. I guess, ultimately, it's, it's more about, um, like, being um, caught up on someone emotionally and letting that sort of, um, uh, sort of, uh, take, uh, yeah, drain you emotionally and sort of, um, yeah, sort of suffocate you in a way, I guess. It's kind of what that song's about. Yeah, and I think subconsciously I've kind of got that from it. Um, but, you know, that's a very interesting topic to touch upon, I think, you know, especially with all that's going on with, like, you know, everyone's quite involved in each other's lives due to social media and stuff, depending on how you use it. Um, but, like, you know, wanting to, you know, you're sort of like you're missing someone so badly that the steps you're taking are kind of uh, affecting you in quite a negative way. Mm. 
Um, I guess um, that's probably what I take from it. But, you know, I can happily say on this podcast, when I saw you guys play Ethereal to thousands of people at Bloodstock um, in 2019, that, that brought a tear to my eye. I was like, this is, this is, you know, it still holds up. Like, it's one of those songs that just is like you know you say it's the first proper count the sky song and i think that's that for a reason i think you feel that way for a reason um obviously i can't tell you how you feel <laughs> with your own <laughs> song but like you know that that hits like on on a on another level yeah. um and when i heard some of the new stuff um from glow obviously it's far more complex so it's a it's a, a little harder to maybe uh initially absorb something on a first listen um However, some of these things like Zephyr, the ending of Zephyr, um, really hit hard in the same way. Um, it was it, 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 like with you and Phil going in and out, kind of like, you know, vocally, like it was almost like a duet. Um, not like Ebony and Ivory, but like, you know, a different, <laughs> a different kind of duet, you know? Yes, um, clown. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and it was it was so it was such a such a great track, Zephyr. Um, amongst other tracks on that record, I know Moon's been one for a while. I think Moon's one of those ones that's been such a a, a growing track over your progression as a band. Like you know, one you kept going back to, right? What do you mean? Like you'd written the riff or something. Um, I think from memory, what you told me, like. You'd written the riff and then you kept going back to it and then, you know, sort of left it for a bit and then kept going back to it. And then eventually there was this song that you were quite happy with. Yeah, yeah. It was just, it took a few iterations sort of to get to a point where we were quite happy with it, yeah. That's amazing. That's great. So you didn't give up on it. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad you didn't. I'm glad you didn't. In fact, on the, the last episode of The True Pit, um, the one where I did a and a I put Moon on at the end of it. So I was just like, you know, this is a fucking great track. So yeah, there's going to be two Countless Skies tracks in a row. Um, yeah, like I'm thinking maybe put in one of the Glow tracks. Um, I know it's kind of out of context because obviously they're in they're in three parts, but maybe put in Glow part two on there. Um, yeah, go for it. Yeah, like, yeah, I'll, def- I'll definitely whack that on because um, I think that still holds up on its like kind of own track kind of thing, um, as they all do to be honest but um yeah I, th- I think for people that don't listen to much prog or like well like proper prog as you would say um, <laughs> um you know i think they struggle absorbing it straight away but i think you know it de- it's definitely like um like something that would grow on you i, d- I don't know about you like at- what was it like working with these songs because obviously you mentioned pratt did uh quite a lot of the songwriting so like i guess from like you know a person working with pratt like did some of these songs like take a while to sort of grow on you or did some like hit straight away um that's a good question uh it's a fucking great question (laughs) because it's such a long track um there's a lot to sort of um take in and to I don't want to say criticize, but maybe like process. Like okay. you need to sort of, you know, give feedback and and um, sort of help sculpt it as as it's uh, being written and and uh, the layers are being added. You know, so there are some parts in Glow that I wasn't too keen on at first, but hearing it all uh, finished as one final piece, like yeah, there's there's not really anything I would change there to be honest. But um, the other tracks I've, I really love here. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't. Yeah, I, I was really happy with 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 all of it. Really, that's great. That's that's fucking fantastic. 
Um, definitely when you're like, you know, spending this kind of level of time on a record. I mean, four years is a lot of time, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it wasn't four years solid, though. It was like broken up quite a lot just because of life events and other things, you know. Yeah, massively. I love how like the past four years, everyone's had like, you know, obviously personal issues get in the way and like, like life, life is hard, right? But then like the hardest year in in human history <laughs> you're like yeah let's release the album this year like we're done now like you know. yeah. <laughs> just during a pandemic you know, no, no <laughs> oh man i bet bet when it, when gigs open back up i think you'll be surprised on the amount of european festivals that will want you back i think or like or like want you for more festivals i think you know i hope so because I, I bloody love them yeah, yeah, I, I can't, I can't wait to do another one. I really look, I really want to do like Hellfest or something. It just seems like such a big, like a proper festival. Like it's a celebration of like all things metal. You know, like that big old the chapel gates or something that they have at the entrance to Hellfest. It just looks so yeah. OTT. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Everything's on fire as well. I've been there once. Um, it's the biggest festival I've ever been to. Uh, when Black Sabbath played, there was like 120,000 people. And for some reason, I really needed to get from one side of the festival to the other. So I had to just like try and climb over these people and, and walk through this like sea of people. It was insane. Did you really, 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 really need a wee? Is that where you went? <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah we, we'll, we'll move on. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so Glow um, was obviously, you know, you released New Dawn on Colony, um, but working with a, an American label, what was that like? It was cool, yeah. Um, Willetip had been really nice, um, really easy to work with. One of the best things about working with them, they, they said to us that um, there's just no rush with the album. They'd rather have the finished final product, however long it takes, within reason, um, <laughs> rather than to, to try and rush us to... to to you know, hand something over as quickly as possible, so they didn't have any issue with us taking our time to, to get things right, which was good. Um, yeah, they've been really, really easy to talk to, really positive. The guy genuinely seems like a really big fan of our music as well, which is great. So when he first got in contact with us, it was it was literally just you know to see if we would be interested in working with him, but also to tell us that he was a really big fan of of New Dawn, and uh, he said that he really loved Tempest when we released that as well. So um, it's nice to be working with someone who's, you know, um, he really loves the bands that he's signing, you know. Uh, And also, um, they also have been handling a lot of the merch for us this time, which has been quite nice to to not have to uh, handle that extra load, really. So, um, yeah, And, and also... Uh, they have been doing vinyls this time, so we managed to uh, work with them to do this like ghostly orange vinyl, which um, I think there's been a bit of delay with that due to, to COVID at uh, the pressing plant, but it's finally been shipped now, so we'll get them in our hands soon. And I'm really excited to see that. It's been like a dream of ours to, to have like a proper vinyl. Yeah, so. and I know that was a part of um, Pratt's plan for like having Glow on one side of the vinyl and then like yeah. separate tracks on one side so i think you know once he gets that i think he'll be a very happy boy but yeah. <laughs> but you know that's 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 fucking amazing man like it's it's you, you the music deserves this kind of publishing it deserves this kind of a, like attention and stuff um what would you say would be like the major influence for the change from like something that's quite like i don't want to say new dawn straightforward but it's quite straight rhythmically um to something that's quite 
extravagant, you know, like Glow? Um, I don't know. I think I think ultimately Pratt just wanted to push himself really and push all of us. Like um, we just wanted to see what we could do. Really, um, New Dawn was kind of like our first chance to to sort of write and release an album, uh, and you know we, we we managed to achieve that. But just just doing that again the second time, it didn't quite seem like enough we wanted to sort of push the boundaries a bit further and, and see what we could get away with i mean pratt's since new dawn pratt's gotten a lot more into his like instrumental guitar music he's he's been listening to a lot more of these um sort of very innovative inventive guitarists like you know the animals as leaders and intervals and Pliny and these other things so i know that he wanted to incorporate some of that into the sound as well and just yeah Pratt, Pratt's. i mean we all have we're all we're all big fans of prog music but um yeah. pratt was brought up on things like genesis you know um so for him like i think it's always been a goal to sort of release something a bit more proggy and, and to, to do a, a 20 minute song that takes up the side of a vinyl because it's kind of like that's what he was listening to in his childhood you know with his dad yeah it's, it's definitely big dick energy like, like, that's, that's, you know, like, it's definitely that's, like, that's it that's, that's the answer to your question yeah <laughs> you know Glow's just BDE man just straight up BDE um, yeah. but you know like I, th- I think that's definitely awesome I think if you'd released Glow as your debut album and you came to me saying our drummer's not feeling very well um, do you mind <laughs> filling in I would have been like no I can't play this <laughs> like it's Nathan like Nathan's drumming right has just blown my fucking mind on this on this record like I've just been like this is this this is the same guy right his drumming on New Dawn was was great like don't get me wrong it was it was straight it was solid it was consistent but on Glow I'm like what the fuck is this like like didn't the drummer from like who drummed for death or something like repost your shit on Twitter yeah um I forget his name now um Chris something but um yeah he um he knows well the guy who runs Willetip Records knows him so he sent him over the album and just said you know um check these guys out see what you think and yeah he, he absolutely loves it he especially loved Tempest so um there you go. yeah that was that was pretty epic this is, yeah, it's the guy who drummed on uh, Sound of Perseverance by Death. Okay. And, yeah, he's also um, a writer for the Howard Stern Show. Who's ever heard of them? The, the Howard Stern, as in that creepy American, like... Uh, he's like a really weird guy, isn't he? I think so, but I, all I know is that that show is actually quite big, so... Oh, it's, it's pretty massive. crazy to have someone... It's massive, but got a much yeah. bigger fucking guest than I do. I'm just stuck with fucking Ross King and Countless Skies. I wish I could have Marilyn Manson on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Sorry. <laughs> oh, man, that's fucking brilliant. So um, we're coming towards the end of the podcast now. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it so far. Um, me and Ross, um, we're, we're going we're to chat about some bands, aren't we, mate? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, like, what's... What are you fucking with right now? Like, what is your jam? What is my jam? Well, I mean, most recently I've been listening to a lot of that new Dutch and Quality album, but I feel like we covered that earlier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. There's been, been quite a, f- a few good releases. That's one of the benefits, one of the good things about this year has been all of the good uh, music releases that have come out this year. Yeah. You know, one, of the, one of the highlights of not very many highlights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. But, um, 
Yeah, um, there's quite a few, really. Um, I mean, where do I start? I'll tell you, one of my favourite releases of this year, there's a couple, but uh, one of them would be the new Protest a Hero album. That was absolutely exceptional. I don't know if you're a fan of them. Yeah, I mean, we, we spoke about it, like, um, I think it was I think it was actually on my birthday um, when I went for it. We went, you, me and Phil, uh, we just had a couple of drinks together. And it, I think it was released not because it's called the uh, Palim, Palimpsest. It's called Palimpsest, yeah. Palimpsest, yeah, yeah. And that was released on, I'm just looking now on my Spotify. Uh, why wouldn't it tell me on the fucking internet version where, like, what the day was it was released? Well, it came out in July. I remember that much. Came out in July. Was it July? Because I feel like it was like near enough my birthday or something. And um, and you were you were chatting about these songs. I think maybe a few singles release were released. Maybe. Um, it came out on June the eighteenth, actually. June the eighteenth. Yeah, right, right before my birthday. So yeah, it, definitely. June, yeah. yeah, they didn't want to release it on Juneteenth. That's why. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, I've I've listened to some. I really like the Canary and From the Sky. Um, I think those might have been like the couple of the singles. Yeah. Um, but like off albums before, like Volition, there's like tracks like Clarity and stuff. I quite enjoy. Mm. Um, I've never been a, like a massive huge fan of Protest the Hero, but definitely like this latest record they've done um, definitely sparked some interest for me. But I think that was a lot of persuasion by you, to be honest. <laughs> one one of the thing I, one of the things I love about this new album is that basically um it was spurred on by um Donald Trump becoming president basically and the rise of like white supremacy and this sort of like national pride that was uh, sweeping through America which was I don't know it's it's open for debate really but um yeah they they kind of felt like America has a lot to be proud of, but it's not necessarily stemming from the same things that like Donald Trump is sort of touting, you know? Yeah. Uh, and so what they did was they dipped into sort of like the rich history of America uh, and pulled out a few different um, different different stories, different um, memorable people from, from history and, and wrote songs about them instead. And it's, it's just... Uh, I don't want to spoil it for people, so like I, I would highly recommend just, just sitting down and like putting the album on and listening to it, but maybe looking through the lyrics and maybe looking up the album as well and just reading about the concept because it's, it's really cool. It's just, it's, it's there's so much behind the album, uh, behind the music, you know, it's like all, all the things that inspire it. It's, it's just, it's, it's one of those albums that they found a way to take it to like another level with the sort of like the concept of the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's definitely an interesting subject, which I think a lot of bands, especially in the hardcore scene have definitely like, surrounded themselves upon like the anger and frustration towards like like far right-wing america um especially over the past four years thank fuck things are going back the other way um hopefully um but you know i think the way protests have done it i think you know i didn't know it was about that but i'm looking at the album cover now and i'm just like that makes a lot of fucking sense um you know it's like a raging bull charging forward with an american flag like caught on its horns it's like yeah the, the artwork, there's there's more artwork than that as well. There's there's quite a lot of artwork that goes with this album. I think they did a little individual piece for each song, but um, yeah, it's all full of symbolism, really. Yeah, and I think that's a, a tough thing to do nowadays. Because I think people are quite quick to the chase, just going like, "It's a bull, it's a cow, and there's a monkey with a hat on it." Like it's just, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like a bit yeah. like they just take it for what it is rather than like being patient with music. Yeah. 
but I think that's definitely a, a, a an educated way of maybe tackling certain issues. Um, I think making music not political, if you can do that, great. Um, I feel like just I feel with heavy music, it's either quite emotionally themed or quite politically themed. Absolutely, but yeah. I think that a lot of music is influenced by what's going on around people in their lives. You know, it's sort of a way of processing things. So I know that when people feel powerless and they feel like they don't have a voice, uh, sometimes putting it into their music is, it kind of gives them a platform that they wouldn't otherwise have to reach more people and to, to sort of spread a different point of view and uh, to, to reach people in a different way that they might not have been able to through words alone. God, that sounds so pretentious. Sorry. <laughs> 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 I fucking love you, bro. Um, <laughs> no, but that that was that was like a really like a well well put, very well put, mate. Um, I think there's, I don't know. I think it just depends on preference on people's view on uh, pretentiousness. But I think that was you know it's it's prog. Do you know what I mean? Like there's a certain level of it that is quite educated and quite you know above other music let's say like you know I'm not saying it's better than that but there's a certain level of like intelligence that is required to pull off something like this you know i think if someone's tries to be political and they don't really have much knowledge on it um i think it can come across quite i don't know far. i think the best way to put it would be to say that they put a lot of work into this album I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that you have to put that much album into so you'd have to put that much effort into an album to to get across a message quite strongly sometimes the the best messages are the simplest you know because it's really easy for people to pick up and stand behind you know but i just really appreciate the fact that they've put so much time and effort into an album that people could quite easily just dismiss you know they give it one listen and be like nah not for me you know but they, they don't care they just did it anyway because they're not doing it for other people they're doing it for themselves i really appreciate that yeah very fucking well put yeah no that that's that's definitely a good way of looking at it like just like we're gonna do this if you want to engage, that's fine. But if you don't, it's no, it's like it's no, it's no impact on us, you know. Yeah. That's that's what it always be. I was gonna say on the on the other um, on the other side of that, um, there have been some other albums that I really enjoyed that have uh, been anything but political, really. Just just kind of like. Also, I mean, there's been all sorts of things that come out this year. I know that one of my favourite uh, black metal albums from this year is a band called uh, Gyria from Portugal. And that's all like nihilistic, you know, staring into the void. You know, everything's fucked, sort of black metal. That's that's really cool. Um, sort nice. of post-black metal, you'd call it. Um, I've been collecting uh, vinyls. That's what I've been doing this year. With <laughs> You mean draining your bank account on... <laughs> Sorry. Do you mean draining your bank account on Pretty Colours? Pretty much, yeah. It's kind of like, um, sort of, yeah. Um, when when you lose all control, you know, when when the whole world shuts down and you're ref- confined to your own home, the only way to take back control is to spend money on on things that you like, right? Shiny, colourful things that you can stare at. I mean, you, you could have <laughs> just had a wank like everyone else, but no, you had to, yeah, yeah, had to go support yes. musicians. God. Why not both? <laughs> Why not both? I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, um, I've, I've bought all sorts of vinyls over this time, and uh, yeah, I just love them. But um, yeah, specifically if you're into sort of black metal or just intense music uh, that's quite melodic as well, but quite dark, Gyria, highly recommended. And then there's the new The Ocean album as well. I, I know you're not a huge fan of them, but um, 
I absolutely love them. I think I think they're one of the best metal bands out there at the moment, and what they're doing is is truly progressive. Uh, they're Latest album is uh, the second part of a of a concept about. I was, was going to uh, say it's definitely part two. Of time. Sorry, it's definitely a part two album, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that I prefer part one, which is uh, Phanerozoic. It's called Phanerozoic uh, Paleozoic. <laughs> oh, it's a lovely Latin. But then um, the second one, uh, which came out this year, is called. Um, Mesozoic Cenozoic, which is the later stages of the formation of the Earth. They seem to be like massive geology nerds, I guess. But um, yeah, the, the, just the song Jurassic Cretaceous alone is like one of my top songs of the entire year. It's so good. It's got um, Jonas Rensk from uh, Catatonia guesting on that song as well. Didn't he do so he, something on the first record? He did, yeah. Yeah. Um, his part on this one, I think, is a bit shorter, but um, it still hits just as hard. And I would say just listen to that song alone. Um, if you if you like it, check out the whole album. But like that one song is one of the best songs of the entire year, in my opinion. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll, um, I'll give it an ad for sure because I, I really, I, I never really like. It's quite far out for me personally, but I do like you know what the the. I don't know if it's just a feature or like. There's definitely some catatonia elements to like the entirety of the first album. Like I did give yeah. that a listen from start to finish, and there was definitely parts where I was like, I feel like this has been worked on, you know, like in a good yeah. way, you know. Yeah, and and they bring that back again with this new one as well. I'd say, um, arguably, I'd say a bit more. In fact, I think this this new album. One of the things that kind of, I wouldn't say it's a gripe, but it would be why. I don't think it stands just as tall as the the first one. is It's because it's it's almost kind of mellowed out a bit. Like the the first one's a bit more intense, I guess. Okay, okay, that's good. But uh, yeah, I could spend ages talking about one album. I should probably list a few more bands. Or we're going to run out of time. <laughs> no worries, mate. You take your time. But yeah, so so far we've got the the protest the here album that came out this year, and yep. the ocean album that came out this year. Any other releases that you've really like? sort of like you know taking you back a bit yeah i mean um we've got the new sojourner album that came out uh, very early this year and we were meant to be going out on tour with them uh before the pandemic hit so that was that was pretty gutting because i was really looking forward to that um so that's their third album they've signed to napalm records now and yeah they seem to be doing really well for themselves but that's kind of like folky um like atmospheric black metal, melodic death metal sort of mix um, with some clean singing um, female vocals, you know. Um, yeah, it's, that's, that's really cool. Very atmospheric one. Because when um, you were supposed to do some filling in on guitar for them, weren't you? I was going to, well, I mean, <laughs> it was never announced. Yeah, but I was learning the songs. Well, I was announced now. So. To fill in for someone <laughs> because they couldn't make it, but um, that, that fell through. And yeah, they've, they've found new members since, so um, that will never be, unfortunately. Well, I, th- I think they, that's their loss, mate. That's their loss. <laughs> yeah, but that would have been me doing two sets a night for like nine days or something. I think that might wipe me out, but I don't know. It would have been fun, but it's not the end of the world. Um, some other choice uh, releases from this year would be I really enjoyed the new Fin Troll album. That was nice that that went back to their roots again. That was a good, good fun folk metal album. There's Unleash the Archers. Do you, did you ever check them out? Yes, I did. And this is where I really like, I, I, I fucking love this album. 
I really, yeah. really like it. Like, I think, I want to say Legacy. Yeah. Um, that really fucking, I was like, what? Is Legacy the track where it starts off like, because the, the woman singing on this album is just, her range is just, you know, proper, like, yeah. it, not only intense, but like it spans, right? And I want to say Legacy's the track where it's like, you know, she goes, ah, ah, ah. she goes like all the way up there, but like layered harmonies. Um, or is that Soulbound? I feel like that might be Soulbound. I don't know. I know there's definitely a bit at the beginning of Abyss that really um, kicks you in the balls. But uh, Legacy is the one that starts with the blast beats. Uh, yes, I think I might be thinking of Abyss, to be fair. Yeah. Um, the title track. But yeah, that's a fucking fantastic record. That's, yeah, blow, blow me away, that one. Um, and then um, DGM, if you like prog metal, they're really good fun. Um, yeah, there's been there's loads of stuff. There's been a few of my uh, people we know as well. There's like Lunas Cool put out an amazing technical death metal, uh, technical progressive death metal. I guess I don't know. It's all over the place, but it's really good and definitely worth checking out. Um, all right. Yeah, there's, yeah. Been 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 a lot of releases this year. I think one of the ones that really hit the most though was um, an album called the. Um, I can never pronounce this because it's French. <laughs> Oublier, I think it's pronounced the Oublier by a band called The Reticent. Mm. And basically it's, um, it's a concept album um, about a, an old man who's got Alzheimer's and he's put into a care home. And um, yeah, it's, it's just about his sort of descent into Alzheimer's and his deterioration of his, of his mental state. And it's like really like one of the most heavy hitting albums of the year for me. Like not just not just the uh, the music though, but also the concept. But like um, the music itself is just unbelievable. Like it is just ridiculous. It's it's just like a progressive masterpiece. They've got they just it just um, twists and turns the whole way through. It just keeps you gripped. They've got um, proper like mid era opeth sort of segments, which just like really scratches that itch um but then they go off into like a jazz interludes with saxophone and like proper like progressive moments and they've got all this like um what do they call them like um like when they put speech over over the music and stuff like that um yeah it's it's just it really like one of those albums that really sort of stays with you after you listen to it as well it's, it's really <laughs> some people find it quite emotionally draining i think but um i don't know I, I i would really highly recommend that to a lot of people because it's just it's really um it's it's like a proper like journey of an album i'd say yeah i mean i think i think you sent it to me and uh, it was a bit too much for me i think just like with the theme of it um yeah it's definitely not like a like a feel-good thing <laughs> uh yeah i mean i don't know i mean it, it's it's kind of one of those things where you have to sort of get through it to the end. I mean, it doesn't, not to say that it has a happy ending or anything, but like, um, it's, you, you, you kind of need to hear the whole thing to be able to sort of get an idea of, 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 uh, of what it is. You know, you, you, it's not really a singles album, you know, it's, it's like, it's more like watching a movie, you know? Yeah. You, I was just about to judge a movie off the intro. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and there's been movies that I've enjoyed before that have been like really sad and stuff. So I guess it's, it's the same, it's exactly the same kind of medium, you know? Um, yeah. Like, it's like, it is kind of like an, yeah, like an audio movie in a way, I guess. Yeah. And I definitely got that sense of it. I think just like, like for me to be quite emotionally like sort of turned by something like you know I, I'm not saying it's put me off but like I'm you know I think you need to be in that headspace to be okay yeah. to listen to something like that. yeah I think you do though to listen to something like that it's quite emotionally draining 
Yeah, like it's it's yeah. <laughs> if you want emotionally draining uh, music, uh, <laughs> go listen to yeah, this album. I don't know. I mean, it's yeah. just nice to feel a range of emotions. I guess you can't just listen to happy music all the time. No, no, that's 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 a very good point. I think in the moment I'm pretty much just like you know big riffs and songs that make me feel nice. But I guess <laughs> a bit of a basic pitch sometimes like that. Um, but then like it's all you know, about finding that balance, you know. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, sure, sure. Let's let's go with that. Finding that balance. But um, there'll be times where I'll just be like, like I'm just listening to like shoegaze black metal this month, and then the next month I'll just be like, hey, do you know, what? I'm just listening to like new metal or something. You know, it's or you know, bit of Doja Cat. Like, I, have you heard of this Doja Cat girl? She's fucking wicked, man. The only reason I've heard about her is because she's like straight up ripped a riff off of Pliny, right? I don't know. I didn't know about that. No, look it up because it's like Pliny's even put a post out about it. Just, Just like, like, well, I'm glad you like the music, but you know, that's my <laughs> riff. You've literally got the, the motif, like the Pliny motif, oh, the thing man. that he uses all the time in the song. It's just, it's a bit awkward. It's a bit of a <laughs> it's, it's like yeah. um, stealing someone's painting and not removing their signature. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> okay i'm definitely looking at that after this i definitely suggest the listener do the same um i only found out because she did these the, the the she did these um she did the mtv award thing and she did one of her songs but in the style of like 2000s metal she had like a like a metal session band with her and stuff and like on this live stream and it was like she did one of her songs but it was like you know proper proper metal and i was like this is i was like you have to send me some links i'm definitely sending you that link it probably might not be a thing but like it's definitely got some strong like scuzz tv vibes for sure (laughs) (laughs) for sure massively so we're coming towards the end of the podcast anyway um it's been lovely chatting with you mate um as we do uh, from time to time um and when i come back for a bit i'd love to uh go for a pint at some point as well but you know as as we come towards the end of the podcast is there anything that you'd like to plug uh, you know tell people where to go to check out countless skies or get some merch or something yeah yeah um i mean everything you need is on the website countlessskies.com but you can buy the album or you can stream it from our um bandcamp countlessskies.bandcamp.com there's also stuff for sale at willowtip uh, they have their own store um, we've got some new shirts which are based off of our ethereal and solace artwork from our previous releases and they're available at Impericon um, and yeah we, we're going to be putting up some of our own merch soon as well we're gonna, I'm going to need to set up a, a little store but we're going to be doing like hats and I think we might we'll get, we're going to get some CDs here soon as well and maybe we'll get some t-shirts and have a little UK based store um yeah, uh, it's out on all digital platforms. Go out there, give it a stream, uh, see what you think. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, amazing, amazing. And just to reiterate, guys, like no matter what kind of music you're into, like heavy music-wise, definitely go check out Glow by Count the Skies. It literally has something for everybody on it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, literally does. But um, yeah, no, thank you so much for coming on the show, Ross. Uh, I know we've been meaning to do this for like ages, but finally getting around to do it is has been awesome, mate. Um, yeah. Yeah, just glad to hear you're doing well, mate. Yeah, you too, man. Cool. Right, we'll end it there and I'll play um, Glow Part 2, which is... What's the title for Glow Part 2, Ross? Awakening. Awakening. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> 
So wake the fuck up with Glow Part 2, <laughs> The Awakening. <laughs> Mate, imagine like a fucking cat. Wake the fuck up. <laughs> Get Fred Durst to do the intro. But yeah, no, cheers, Ross. Thank you so much, mate. It is Glow Part 2 by Count the Skies and the title is Awakening. <laughs>